Welcome to Floor Masters. I'm Anthony Moses, the owner of Simply Intricate Designs, the number one floor and contractor in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. This podcast is about floor installation, custom showers, kitchen remodels, bath remodels, everything involved from materials to pricing to how-tos and how-not. Get your headphones, get your pen and paper, and let's get it. All right, hey, 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 what's going on? This is Anthony Moses, the owner of Simply Intricate Designs, the number one flooring contractor in Baton Rouge. You are tuned in to the Floor Masters Podcast. This week we got some heat for you, we got some knowledge for you, and I am checking in with a good friend of mine, Donnie. Donnie, please tell everybody your last name so I don't mispronounce it. Of course, well, let me just start off by saying, Anthony, thank you for having me on the show. Uh, my my first name is Donald, last name De La Pena. Donald De La Pena here in uh, Jersey. I'm Jersey. This the you you're the second second person that I uh, I've had a guest that's from Jersey. Everybody's in Jersey. You uh you in Jersey? Carl Carl's in Jersey. Yeah. Uh, John, uh Jim uh C guys is in Jersey. Yep. No, I, I must be missing out. Y'all got all the the work in Jersey clearly. Yeah, um, there's a lot going around. That's good. That's good. Give us some little background on on your company, what you guys do, what you specialize in, what makes you such an amazing company, how you got started, all that good stuff. All right. Well, let's start from the beginning. So <clears throat> at the time of this recording right now, I'm uh, 35 years old. I've been in the industry since I was about 14. I'm a uh, you know, second or maybe even third generation, you can say. My grandpa's architect. My father was a GC master carpenter. He had his own business and still does, but kind of semi-retired in uh, Edison, New Jersey for 20, 20, 20, 25 years or so. I worked for him part-time during high school. And then once I graduated high school, you know, I worked with him full-time. And then uh, we had a little issue, you know, the, uh, the economy tanked to 08 and uh, we kind of scraped by for a year or two. Then I had to get myself a job. So it was kind of odd going from working for my father, which is, you know, it's good and bad. You know, some days we're, we're hugging, other days we're fist fighting. Yeah. So I guess it'd be a little bit crazy. But um, basically, I got a few jobs as a carpenter, did that for a while. Then I kind of found my niche in, in tile back in 2011. Uh, pretty much watching Sal's videos. I mean, he really got me turned on to it and I watch a lot of videos and I said, you know what? I think I'm going to try this out. So I ended up working for a few companies uh, for a few years and then I really got my feet wet with it and learned a lot of the stuff, especially how to mud because growing up working for my father, we did, he's a master carpenter. So we did everything you can imagine on a house residential wise. So someone need a roof, they call a siding, insulation, drywall, uh, you know, doors, any remodels, everything top to bottom carpentry wise you could think of. So we did, you know, bathrooms during the winter on and off, but it wasn't real consistent. So I had a good idea how to do tile work, but not to the precision that I learned working for these other tile companies. Um, so I learned a lot from them, uh, you know, basically, because I grew up using spacers and working for these other guys are more old, old school and um, <clears throat> they didn't use spacers or anything like that. They were snap lines. And you stay straight with that. 
I thought it was kind of odd at first, but then I learned it really makes sense because on long runs, you know, if you use spacers, things aren't going to stay straight because no tile is exactly the same. Right. So they taught me that and they showed me how to do some mud work because I had no idea how to do that before. And if you never did mud work, I mean, most people are like are terrified of it. Just like people are kind of terrified of like soldering for copper pipes. Yeah. I would guess, like, you know, compare it to each other that, you know, people that don't do mud or never have, they're kind of afraid to do it. That's why, you know, when Sluder came along with all these foam pans, I mean, it's such, such a big hit because you don't have to do mud. And that's how they got a lot of people, I would say, into the industry that, you know, really has no idea how to do mud work. And that's fine. But, you know, doing mud work is really a good part of doing tile work. And if you could do mud on, on a floor, you know, you can do a lot of jobs. You won't have to turn down much. Now, you know, it's a skill. I mean, you could have all the knowledge in the world about doing uh, mud work, but doing it's a different story, like, like a lot of things, right? So it's really acquired skill. It's really something you have to do and get a good feel for. Because you can watch all the videos you want, it's not the same work in the field, especially when it comes to mud work. So, essentially, they they taught me that. And then, uh, 2013, I started my business, and you know, working in the field all those years, being a craftsman, I knew how to do the work. I had a really good confidence with that. But, you know, being a craftsman and being a businessman is totally two different things. So totally different. I mean, I've had some real ups and downs and made mistakes. Like everyone you can make, I probably have made. And, uh, you know, it started in 2013 and I had a few jobs and then it died out because I just didn't have, have the knowledge of market, how to do this or do that. And I have to end up having to go back for work for a few companies. Then um, I did that for a few years. That kept me busy. You know, I'm thankful for the people who hired me. And, um, so beginning of uh, end of 2015 and early 2016, went back into business for myself. And uh, ever since then, you know, this will be my fifth year now. I'm in business and, uh, you know, it doesn't get easier, but the, learn, the more that I learn about running a business, it, it really helps and it's really important. You know, anyone out, out there that's listening that, you know, like I said, you could be the cr best craftsman in the world. Doesn't mean you know how to, how to get jobs, sell jobs, produce jobs, I mean, it's a whole different part of the business that people really don't understand until they're in it. Um, so, I mean, that, that's about it. So I'm in my fifth year now, and uh, I've been speaking with a few guys. I, I've, I've done some sales training and that's helped me uh, tremendously. I made a lot of uh, networking connections with people online like yourself and many others that really, you know, took the time out of their day really you know, showing you my numbers. So I think I fly after five years now, I know my numbers better. Yeah. And this year is going to be really on the up for me and uh, how to charge things properly and all that. Because I know how to reduce the work. I have a good idea what things take and the materials, but, you know, calculating your overhead and all that stuff is, is a big thing. People just think you just start your own business and you charge a little bit more than you did working for somebody. And it's really not the case. If you want to have a successful business, you have to spend a certain amount on marketing. You got to be consistent with that and insurances. And you have to calculate all that in your day rate, hour rate, however you want to break it down and make sure that at the end of the day, you know, you got a business that's, that's going to sustain for years and years because you can just, you know, fly by the seat of your pants thinking, 
yeah, I'm gonna charge a couple hundred a day, whatever it is, I'm gonna do this job. You know, let's figure that job is 2000. Well, what happens after that? You made some money, but what about all the money you spent on overhead and all that? At the end of the day, then you really made almost nothing. So yeah, I'm not in this business to, uh, <clears throat> to uh, not make a living. If, if, if I just wanted to make a living, honestly, I would work for somebody. And, you know, I'm not trying to, you know, make a killing either. But at the same time, I want to be able to retire like anyone else out there that works a normal job. So, you know, you have to put away money and charge a quarterling to, uh, to, to do it pretty much. Right. So hopefully that uh, explains it. Oh, look, trust me, I, I feel like uh, the, the average business owner when it comes to this flooring tile industry started out the same way. Hey man, I'm just gonna charge a couple more dollars, or uh, fifty cent more than the guy that I started with. Yeah. <laughs> Until you figure out, I was like, why am I not making any money? But um, so uh, you're doing a lot of bathrooms. Tell tell us about you know some some of the bathrooms, some of the cool projects maybe you've been on, uh, some some of the specialties you do, some something different that you do uh, in comparison to some of the people around you. Tell us a little bit about that. Awesome. So, you know, my company specializes in, in tile installs of any tile anywhere, you know, we can install for you. So if you want it on your ceiling, you got it. You want a 24 by 48 on a ceiling, you got it. <laughs> I got a video online out doing that too. So if you don't believe me, go on YouTube, you know, dot com, type in D tile remodeling and uh, look on my channel and you'll see 24 by 48 installation on a ceiling. So not oh, everyone ceiling. will do that. Sounds scary. Cause if you drop <laughs> it, <laughs> if you drop it. Yeah, the first day we actually went to install, I was using a certain thin set that I know and I trust, but it doesn't have the really good anti-sag properties. Mm-hmm. And uh, let me tell you something. Good thing my helper was with me that day because that thing almost hit us in the head. Mm-hmm. So, well, pretty much when it came to that situation, there was like an eighth inch dip in the ceiling, which is not much, but when you're setting that size tile and you want to get, you know, completely 100% covered, which you always want to do, but really in that case is critical. Uh, get as flat as possible, come back with the top of the line premium more that you could actually, that you could buy anywhere. So I don't know if I should name names or not, but you know, every company <laughs> has their top of the line, you know, anti-sag, um, best bond uh you know more that you can get so that's real important but back to what you're saying yes yeah, so tile insulations anywhere you can imagine and then we do full bathroom remodeling so if someone says you know i got this you know 5a bathroom i want to demo it to the studs we can handle that for you the only thing we don't do is, is like shower doors so right and what sets us apart from everyone else? Well, I wouldn't say we're much different than anyone else, but I can tell you right off the bat, every client that we ever worked for, you know, says that as far as our customer service goes, it's, it's top notch. You know, people can get a hold of us almost any time of the day. And, you know, we, we get back to people. I mean, it's simple things like that, that. A lot of contractors I feel get wrong. Like you call a guy, he won't call you back till two days later. I mean, that's, I think it's real important to, you know, make your clients feel that they're important, which they are. And when they don't feel important, they're just going to go somewhere else. So I think that really helps when it goes to them finding someone they can know and trust. You know, you have, they have to be heard. So if you don't make right. them heard, they're going to call the next guy. So besides that, you know, I'm a member of the NTCA. 
um, and I'm a CTI as well. And as of right now, <clears throat> I'm the owner and company and I'm the installer. Um, as time goes on and I get older, I'm gonna probably try to fade out of the field because over the years, I got many injuries between doing sports and all that stuff. So, you know, those all catch up to you. So yeah. in the future, I'll probably phase out of the field. But for right now, I have no problem setting tile and uh, making people's bathrooms look beautiful. Well, that sounds like, uh, sound like a good business that you're in. Um, so we're going to hop into, hop into our, our topic for today. Our topic for today is contractor's responsibility or who's responsible. So let me just ask you this. Give me, give me a scenario of uh, a, a common, common uh, job that you get um, from a phone call. From the time a customer calls uh, Donnie D's uh, tile remodeling, how, how does that process go? You get a phone call, you, you answer the phone call and do a consultation. How, how does that process go for you guys? Okay. So when they call, you're asking me when they call us to the time we do the job and in between all that. Yeah. All right. Well, basically I try to make sure everyone's on the same page. So as far as who's responsible for what we're going to usually write that in a contract and that's real important guys just, you know, keep their contracts real simple. But if you don't do those little things like saying, you know, Donnie D's tall and remodeling LSC is responsible for uh, waterproofing the shower, uh, the waterproofing materials, the thin set, you know, if you don't, you don't put that in there, people might get it and think that you're, you they want a discount or something like that, or they're going to get the grout and they get some crappy one from a box store that, you know, most of us that work in the field don't, don't, you know, <laughs> don't swear by. So yeah. little things like that, making sure on the same page and then as far as the tile goes, you know, some tile stores will sell the tile. I've had this issue before, and then I expect you to kind of uh, pick up the tile. You know, you're talking about some jobs I've done, uh, you know, 300, 400 square feet. And, you know, I'm a one-man show as of right now, so I have to pick it up and, you know, bring it there and drop it all off. And that's fine if, if, we, if we know that before the job starts because, you know, every man that goes by, you know, you know, there's, there's going to be, you know, income coming out you know i don't expect someone to come work at my house and and go get this and not get paid for it so right. as long as we know that we both say like you know they want to get the towel fine so it's going to take me this money hour to okay you know compensating for us for that so as long as they're we're all on the same page we're going to know who's and who's and uh, who's responsible for what and then for example, I do a lot of residential remodels. So mm -hmm. I work in people's houses. Okay. So I take the responsibility most of the time, probably 90, 95% of the time. I let the clients know, listen, you know, when we work here, I want to put down some kind of floor protection. Now there's many out in the market, like Ram board, X board, and I'll put it down the floor. I'm going to tape it down. And if it's okay with you, it's going to stay down for the duration of the project. Are you okay with that? Some people, well, I would say most people are, are okay, but I've had a few jobs where some people actually would tear it up because they don't want to be walking all the time. It's like not maybe nice for them. I don't know. Some people need it than others. You know, it depends. Um, and that's fine. So if they want us to put down drop cloths every day, you know, that's going to take a little bit more time. So we need to know that when we go out there and we say the job's going to cost this or that because 
from my experience, you know, putting down drop costs every day is going to take a little bit more time than putting down, let's say, export once when you start the job and taking it up once, right? Right. And that's going to actually, you know, ram board is going to protect your floor better than a drop cloth, especially, you know, at the thickness. You know, if you get a good drop cloth, it's it's somewhat, but that's going to slide around. It could be kind of like a trip hazard. Right. So as far as protecting the job, I, I make sure that it's, you know, really protected because, you know, you're working in someone's house and, you know, you want to keep it dust free as you can. I put plastic in the doorways if we're doing like a big uh, bathroom model. Uh, like say, let's say we're walking, working in someone's bedroom. We got the master bedroom inside that, right? I'm gonna plastic off the master bedroom, go into the outside hallway, and then tell them that, you know, listen, when we do your your master bathroom, we're gonna have to take this thing over. So is it okay with you that you guys don't, you know, you kind of move out of this bath, this bedroom, while we're doing the bathroom? Because you know, I'm gonna plastic off everything. I want to, I want to kind of have like a staging area. And that's big for us too, because you know the closer you can get your staging area to the area you're working on, it, it's going to make everyone's life easier, right? So if you can get the job done a day quicker because your wet soil, your mixing station is closer to the bathroom, I think the homeowner like that too, because they want to do the job right too, but they they want you out of there as quick as they can get you, right? So oh, yeah. As far as responsibility goes, make sure that everyone is really on the same page you know, who is responsible for what? I mean, I think it's a, it's a really big thing that people are going to oversee. They don't put it in their contract who's responsible for what. And you know, a lot of guys will start the job and say, well, listen, I wasn't getting rid of the garbage. You're getting rid of it. So that's another thing too, like garbage, right? We work on jobs every day in people's house, at least we do. You know, there's always debris. I mean, there's always going to be a bag or at least a few bags on every job, no matter what you're doing. And, you know, some homeowners don't want to be responsible for it, and that's fine. So we just need to know who's handling it. Because believe it or not, garbage costs money to get rid of, right? Oh, yeah, <laughs> definitely. A dumpster um, is not cheap. No, it's not. I let people know, listen, let's say we're done with a bathroom. If we're just doing, like, the shower and the fixtures, we could probably get away with, like, one of those baxters, maybe two of them. But if we're talking about, you know, them on the whole bathroom, we're going to definitely need a dumpster. Now, if you don't want to spend the 500, which would cost a mire for about a 10 yarder, then you're going to have to get rid of it yourself, however you want to do it. I'm going to leave it up to you. I just make sure that, you know, the client knows that and that we're both on the same page because I feel that no matter how good of you of a job that you do for people, if you really don't understand what they want at the end of the day, you don't respect their home, it don't ma doesn't matter. That's why yeah, there's, there's, there's so many. Um, I'm sorry. Yeah, I think that uh, I think the the point that can be taken from uh, from what you're saying is there's so many factors to consider that all have to be covered. Um, one that I can think of is a wash down area. We got always have to clean out buckets. Oh yeah. And you have to communicate to to your team of what's the acceptable place for us to wash these buckets out. Yeah. That's one thing that many people never talk about. Homeowners yeah, never they got a brand, they got a lawn, they have a landscape that makes it perfectly green. You're going out there in the back corner with a yeah. guy you think the homeowner never looks at and you're dumping, you know, thin set water and grout 
and he sees that when the job's all said and done and the grass is dead there, right? Guess what? Now you suck, even though that bathroom tile looks perfect. Right. <laughs> and that 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 goes into uh like I said, your team. Because I've had jobs where I've had to like try to drill into uh a helper's mind that hey, we don't pour buckets out on the side of somebody's bricks. It's not going away. Like that's that's gonna be a eyesore every time they go outside because before we came, it wasn't there. So you're leaving a mess for a homeowner, business owner, whoever it may be. And it, it's things like that that uh, that the question will arise of, oh, well, who's responsible? Some contractors will say, it's your house. You have to clean it. You brought, you hired me to get the job done. Where did you want me to wash out? The hose was right there. I washed out by the hose. Yeah. And I went yeah. home. And now you have the customer that's saying, why would you do that? I, I didn't think that it was uh, something that I would have to tell you to not wash out of my grass and whitewash all my roses. <laughs> yeah. So it's situations like that that is like, all right, who's responsible? Because we didn't discuss this. Yep. Yeah, it's huge because, I mean, it's kind of, it's, well, it's not really a little thing. At the end of the day, it's actually a big, big thing when you think about it because, you know, certain things to certain homeowners and people are going to be, you know, more or less important. You got to understand the people you're working for, what's important to them. But either way, you know, no matter who I'm working for, when it comes to things like that, you just got to say, well, listen, is it okay if I dump the water over here? Yeah. Well, okay. So let me just make sure. So you're telling me this back corner spot over here is okay? You sure? Yeah. All right. So you're basically saying like, you know, you could say the expectation with them or whatever, be on the same page, but, um, that way that, you know, let's say at the end of the job, you know, they say that that's a problem. And then you say, well, listen, I mean, we went over this, you know, before that I can dump in this back corner, did we not? And they're going to remember that and say, well, then they're going to be at fault at that point because you went over with them. But you just have to tell people straight up and, you know, up front with them that, you know, where you need to dump the water, whatever it is, you know, maybe don't set up in this room, don't set up in the garage. I mean, each homeowner, you know, has more or less what they really want you to do work in a house. Because, you know, as you know, working in people's houses, you know, you deal with all different types of personalities. Right. And like you said, with everybody being on the same page, uh, if it's a married couple, you can have a husband that says, oh, man, I'm not worried about that dust. My wife will clean it up. <laughs> and the wife is like, if you don't clean up this dust out of my house, you're fired. So now yeah, you're I've had people it. telling me, even the wives, like, I'm leaving every day. I'll sweep up, vacuum, whatever I got to do. And they're like, ah, oh, leave it, leave it, leave it. It's fine, it's fine, it's fine. But like you said, I mean, doesn't mean the spouse is okay with it. Right. So, like, I don't care what they say. I'm going to do it regardless, unless they're, like, trying, literally pushing me out the house just because I just, I can't leave a dirty job site. I'm like, wherever I put my RAM board down, so there's a little bit of sawdust there or something, I always sweep it up, keep it clean as possible. Because like you said, a lot of the times the spouses don't even communicate with each other. I've had a few consultations I've gone on and I made sure they were both there. You know, the husband and wife were both there when I got there to make sure that we're all on the same page. And what do you think happened when I got there? 
the spouse had no idea what, you know, when I was talking with the husband originally about what we talked about. Mm -hmm. So make sure all the parties involved, you can say, right? Right, right. And let me ask you for as far as, um, far as your company goes, is there any uh, standard like responsibilities that you do on every project? Because I know like for me, I, I order all of my waterproofing materials. Like this is not optional. Like I don't, I don't give the option to say, hey, um, you take care of the materials and the towel and I'll install it. If I'm gonna do the job, I'm going to order the materials that I'll use and we we agree on that and, and we go from there. Is there anything that, that like, as far as your responsibilities, like there's no wiggle room, like say, I order the towel, I order the materials, I use this type of uh, waterproofing material or crack isolation, uh, dust, dust mitigation, anything that you do that is not, not negotiable. Oh, good question. I mean, yeah, when, when I like to be in control as far as the materials go, because everyone has a preference, right? So essentially, I, I, I just let the, like if I'm doing a, a bathroom, I'm just doing the tile work there or whatever. I'm going to say, okay, you guys get the tile and, you know, I install it. That's it. I'm going to tell you, okay, I use this type of grout, pick the color, and that's it. Because, you know, everyone has their preferences when it comes to materials that they know and they trust, and I'm no, no different. So the um, only thing that's real important to me, too, is every time I leave it up to the uh, client in the past when I let them get the square footage of tile, it's almost wrong. Like, I would say eight, or, eight out of ten times. So... That happened, to me, today. What's that happened to me today. What's happened to me today? Today, that same yeah. thing happened to me today, and I, I, I couldn't pinpoint who it may be because I wasn't there when it was delivered, so I couldn't say, "Oh, y'all, y'all shorted us," uh, or the the square footage wasn't right. They did check with me before and say, "Hey, is this enough?" And everything looked good. So, like I said, one one of my guys called me today and said. We don't have enough time. I'm like, all right, I'll take care of it. Yeah, see, having you know, enough towels can be a costly mistake, as you know, because having to pull off a job and then go back and forth, it, you know, it's kind of inconvenient to, you know, you being a company owner and the homeowner. Um, so, yeah, well, as far as the non-negotiables, which I really try to keep a hold of this one really tight, is that if I need this amount of square footage, they better get it, because if they don't, and I start the job and they didn't get it, I'm going to say, listen, you know, if, 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 I, if, I, if somehow reason that, let's say a box is broken or I'm going to run short or they just didn't get enough, like I said, then, you know, I'm going to have a day or two or even a week that I have no work and who wants to have no work, right? Yeah. So I have to let them know up front that if it's going to be a delay, then I'm going to have to start another job. And when I come back there is when I come back there. Right. So, yeah, as far as non-negotiables, um, you know, I like to use a certain board for the showers, grout, thin set. As far as the tile goes, I just recommend a few tile stores and they go there. So I don't like, I don't care what brand tile. Um, and that's about it. As far as the tile goes, I do put on my contract as well. Because I kind of give allowances, you know, for certain price ranges. Mm -hmm. You know, if it's a porcelain or ceramic or a stone. That's about it. You know, a few jobs I have in the contract that we're going to do this and do that, and they get a different tile. 
And then when I tell them, you know, it's, you know, it's maybe a little bit more money to install this. Some people don't understand that fact, but then, you know, you have to have a conversation before you start the job because every job you do, you know, this is construction is always going to be unforeseen things. Right. But if you price your jobs accordingly, I mean, you have a cushion, so you should be able to handle most of them, which I usually do, you know? Now, let me ask you this. Um, since you mentioned tile, <clears throat> you give uh, the customer the option to uh, get tile from, you know, the wherever wherever they want. Um, you can refer a place, but let's say they 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 choose a tile that is more difficult to work with than another. I'm gonna just use the example <laughs> of a mosaic. That's a nerve. Uh, yeah, uh, a mosaic. We know that there are some mosaics that come on a sheet and those grout lines are all over the place. Yeah. Now, how 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 is that situation handled? Because the customer is going to say, okay, it's tile. I know you know how to work with tile and they want you to install it. But they can't see the 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 time that it takes to make a particular tile look like your type of quality work how do, how do you move forward because i was just in this situation where it was a, a questionable tile and the quality of the tile doesn't match my quality of work so you install it and after it's over you look at it and it's like, I didn't think it was, I didn't think it was gonna look like that. It's like, well, client says that. Yeah, this is yeah, this so is you're the asking topic. How do I handle that? Yeah, how 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 you move forward in that situation? Well, I always recommend, and I pretty much make it a point that people don't get tile from box stores because you know, that, as we all know, you know, you pay less, you're gonna get less, and that's almost you know nine times out of ten with anything. So. When it comes to that, that's I, that's real important to me. Now, if they get it for a tile store, you know, usually it's going to be a better tile, but, you know, they do have their cheaper tile, too. Now, when it comes to tile, like you say, like, for example, mosaics that are going to be all over on the sheets, which we all run into all the time, you know, I, I just be up front with the people, you know, listen, I, I, I want, I know you want this to make, to be beautiful. I'm going to do the absolute best beautiful job I can do here. Is it okay if we just lay out a few of these mosaics and I could just show you what I mean? Because once they go up on the wall, you know, that's it. It's kind of set in stone, you can say. So mm -hmm. if you're okay with how it looks on the floor, you know, and it's going to look like that on the wall, then I'm going to put it up there. But I just want you to know how it's going to look because, you know, not all tiles created equal. And uh, if they're not okay with that, then we may have a problem on our hands and then maybe we can't install the tile. Um, you know, that mosaic, whatever it is, but they just need to know <clears throat> the best you can possibly explain to them of how it's going to look. They just, they just, bottom line, they just need to know that, you know, because the thing is people get, you know, a rectified tile, for example, and they think that you could do no grout joint or the plain wood looks, they're like, yeah, just butt them up to each other, right? I mean, it's supposed <laughs> to look like wood. <laughs> and then... <clears throat> Then you're sitting there, you got to break out a TCNA book, NTAC book, this book, AZP, you know, all these type of books to say, listen, you know, your minimum grout joint for rectified tiles technically one eighth. So 
I might be able to get it down to 16th. I just want to let you know that, you know, if we go any less than that, then maybe some of the grout joints won't be exactly 116th. They might be slightly more, like 330 seconds or something. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, every type of tile, they allow a certain amount of uh, allowance for warpage and different size. I mean, the whole point of a grout joint is what? Is the high, is basically to make up the, for the difference in the size of the tile and to allow for any difference in the substrate, which you don't get, you don't want to get lippage anyway, but I'm talking about a slight like 64th. That's right. I don't, I, don't, I don't think some people, uh, some customers realize that <clears throat> there is an allowance for lippage. We don't want it as installers, but there's an allowance for lippage. Like some people, uh, some people will run, run their foot over uh, some lippage on the floor and was like, hey, what can we do about that? It's like, well, uh, you have to try to respectfully, uh, you know, let them know, like, well, the first thing we could have did about it was to uh, chose a better tile. Uh, the second thing we could have did about it was put some uh, lippage tuning system on it. Yep. And the third thing we can do is just accept the allowance for lippage. Yep. But some people want perfection, but everybody doesn't want to pay perfect prices, which is just common. Um, it's not their fault, but just being able to educate, you know, the 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 listeners and the customers that this is this is acceptable. Yeah, exactly. To to a certain extent, and we're not we're gonna let, not gonna let you uh, have uh, a eighth inch lippage or uh, quarter inch lippage but based on the tile that we're using the systems that we can we can use to to try to minimize that nothing's going to be perfect yeah man the thing is like we all try to do perfection but at the end of the day you know nothing's perfect i mean pretty much and then as far as lippage goes large format to my knowledge, is you know, 15 inches or bigger is actually allowed one sixteenth and smaller than about a 32nd. Mm -hmm. You know, for, so from people that don't do tile work, that that's nothing. But for us to do tile work, that's kind of like a football field. But that's allowance because, as you know, the tile is going to be a warp, especially the big planks. And I just got done doing a job with my buddy, and AKA Yoda, Master Master, King of Kings. Uh, one of the best guys in Jersey, very knowledgeable. The guy can go on for days. Don't even get him started on a conversation because he'll never stop talking. Yeah. Anyway, we did uh, 32 by 32s over there, right? So Big we're boys. setting those. And we're using a you know, lippage tuning uh, system. In this case, uh, I'll shout out a name because they make a really good system. Uh, go ahead. We need a sponsor. Uh, yeah, it's a uh, Mick. Uh, it's Mick makes it. It's the system's called uh, mechanical lippage tuning, aka MLT. They got straps and caps, and uh, in my opinion, their most uh, adjustable system out there. They probably take the longest to assemble and install and all that, but if you want the most precise adjustment, that's what you want to get. So are those the ones that like snap on the side? It's a cap and a strap, so the strap sticks up like this, and it just kind of ratchets down. Gotcha, gotcha. I think I've seen it before. Like you have a gun that you kind of squeeze it and mm -hmm. pull it down. Um, so that one is the best. And, you know, 
this job was kind of no spare expense. So, you know, the, the customer wanted top of the line mortar. Um, you know, we were using 40, 40, over $40 bag mortar and we did like over 3,000 square feet on this floor. Gotta love it. Yeah, big job. And uh, for example, as far as a lippage goes, you know, these are 32 by 32. So they're, they're monsters, you know. They're big tile. I mean, 24 by 24 is big, but once you get bigger than that, I mean, these things are hard to handle. You talk about suction cups, and if you got to right. lift them, you know, it's almost like, you know, it's, you're, you're fighting a bear when you got to lift this thing to, to add a little bit of insight here, take a little bit, whatever you got to do to get it flat. And for example, as far as, you know, the warpage goes, I mean, the corner you get flat, right? Mm -hmm. You sit flat, you get them flat. But in the middle, the tile's got a cup to it. Right. You end up getting like a 30 second lippage to it. Then I'm, I'm sitting there, I'm, I'm jumping on the tile, I'm standing there trying to have the, the tu you know, tuning system bend that sucker back down. But this tile is, you know, pushing, it's, it's pushing a half inch, this thing. So it doesn't want to go. Yeah. So when you get those big square tiles, you get a warpage in the middle, you're going to get a tiny bit of a lip and you can't change that. The floor was, you know, we, we put down about two pallets of leveler on this floor. Mm -hmm. You're not going to get flatter than that. The thing was prepped to a T, everything. So, you know, when it comes to working for people and clients, you got to, you know, set the expectation with them with each towel. For example, you're saying that you can't pay like a low price and get a high quality project. I mean, we can't put like, uh, for example, Ferrari wheels on a Hyundai, you know, they're not, it's not going to work. So, I mean, yeah. if you want to get a, a 16 route joint, you got to get a really premium tile. You can't buy a Home Depot uh, marble and do a perfectly clean job and, you know, all that, make it look perfect. You, you, you got to work with what you got with the material and you just have to let the client know what they're going to get and do, do the absolute best you can, you know? As oh, far as yeah. responsibility goes on your jobs, uh, like how would you handle disposal of debris most times? How does that go with clients to handle that? Say that. Say that. How, how do I handle what? Disposal of debris. Disposal of debris. I will always uh, mention uh, putting a dumpster on site because I think that's the easiest way to uh, to handle debris. I don't. I don't like the option of putting things to the curb, mainly because I don't know uh, how the the waste management system is in everybody's neighborhood. Some people might have a waste management system that comes and cares nothing about their yard and they pick it up and tear your yard up. Now they look at me and say, this is your fault because we had to put this trash in the yard and I didn't know it was gonna mess my yard up. So I will always mention the a dumpster uh as, as long as it's adequate for the job size i'll say hey look we have the option would you like us to put a dumpster on site do that i don't have to worry about taking it off myself i can just have you know have a dumpster uh put down and picked up when we need it not everybody takes advantage of it but i think that's the best way i always say hey look if we need to get uh 10 yard, 20 yard, 30 yard, whatever the job size is, let us put a dumpster on site. Would you be comfortable with us putting it in your driveway? Do you have a space for us to put this dumpster? And we'll move forward from there. But that way I don't have to, like you said, because we we own our own operators. I I can't have the responsibility of 
trying to pick up trash and go dispose of it myself. Because there's too much other things for us to do. To manage the project, we got to worry about thing, thing yeah, not not at all. So, yeah. um, I see a lot of guys have dump trailers. I mean, in my state, you have to. I think you have to have a license to even go to the dump. I mean, is that how it is in your area? We don't have to have a license. You just got to pay a fee. Like you just have yeah, to pay a fee. Around us, you need some kind of waste license to even dump any garbage at these dumps. So no, yeah. So that, that's nice then. So yeah, you could technically get a trailer if you want, if you had a place for it and you know, take the garbage. But it takes a long time to kind of pay for that thing because you're not charging much to handle garbage. So I don't know how it makes sense to some guys. I mean, you're talking about the dump trailer? Yeah. See, I, I, I actually considered doing a dump trailer because I, I would use it for uh, materials and also debris. Because it's gonna be sometimes where I don't have trash, but I can go get a big a big material load to kind of cut down on sometimes. Because you know, it's some, it's some situations where um, the deliveries they're just taking too long for whatever reason, and you're waiting on things. So I look at it as I would rather have the option to go pick it up if I wanted to, than to have to like be forced to wait on it. Now a lot of times. Uh, I try to convince customers to pay for the delivery. Like, don't don't just leave me with the responsibility of going to pick it up. Can I pick it up? Yeah, I can. But honestly, my trailer's not equipped to be picking up these loads. I've already smashed this, uh, <laughs> the the leaf springs on my truck to to nothing. But <laughs> that's um, taking a chance. Yeah. <laughs> just being being a nice guy um picking up things just so i can keep the job moving and keep progress going i've done that but i always try to convince people to take advantage of delivery like it's not going to cost you that much more to pay for these people to deliver to your house a lot majority of these companies will deliver it to your home this this is where we're working on the job site have them deliver it to to your your address and we don't have to worry about anything. And on top of that, I'm not responsible for it. I'm not liable from the time I leave from the tile shop to the time I get to the house. If something happens, I was like, hey, well, uh, I, I pay for materials. I pay for materials, but you damage them in routes of my house. So you have to pay for the, the rest of it. So I try to convince people Take advantage of the delivery option because the tile the tile company is just gonna make another order. They're not really losing any money, and everything's everything's solved. Liability is not on me. It's not on the homeowner. It's on the company that were was handling material from the get go. So that's try that's how I try to deal with uh with with the materials and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean, I totally agree with you. I mean, when it comes to the tall aspect and even big materials, having to deliver is everything because, you know, we're such small companies that, you know, you know, losing profit on one job could be, could be a disaster. Then, you know, th these companies that these bigger companies that can deliver you or whatever, you know, they're not in the business to lose money either. I mean, no one's in business to lose money. You know, they, they, a lot of them charge for the delivery. So no one's, you know, losing here. 
Right. It's going to get to your house, and if something happens, guess who's responsible? Them. So that's about it. I mean, <clears throat> speaking of trailers, though, a little bit off topic. You guys got any type of trailers at all? I have. Uh, I think my trailer is a fourteen foot, uh, seven by fourteen foot trailer, uh, single axle. Um, it was the first purchase I made. Uh, with my business credit card because I knew I needed the trailer. I was hauling all of my tools in the back of my truck. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? I'm going to get this credit card. I'm going to establish some credit with this car. And I paid for the trailer with it. It took me a long time to pay it off because I, at that point, I did not understand credit cards. But I have one trailer. Um, and I'm looking to get it wrapped pretty soon because I'm huge like like you were speaking about in the beginning, I'm I'm huge about marketing. Like branding is everything to me. Uh, I got my truck wrapped, which I was excited about because I was I, I was able to do it in the second year operation. But the the trailer is next. I don't have it uh, customized on the inside. It's, I, I I don't mind who who whoever's listening, uh, whoever hears this. I'm totally unorganized in the back of my trailer, but. It, it gets it, it it gets the job done. You know, it's funny because I got the same exact size truck, but I just have a dual axle. Yeah, I should. I I was thinking about it, but it was it was just all about the price point when I when I bought my trailer. It was like, uh, yeah, I'm not gonna spend the difference. So, but that's what yeah, I wanted to get. From my experience, I mean, as you as you know, I mean, I worked out of my truck for years, and uh, you know, being efficient for yourself and the homeowner between loading and unloading every day. You know, I grew up with my father doing that and myself for years. And I said, you know what? I mean, I live in kind of like an urban area, but there's a lot of jobs I do with there is parking and driveways and all that stuff. So I just got to get a trail. Let me tell you, like, I'm glad I did because I set up in there. I got a decent amount of shelves. I have everything I need on any job. Not I mean, some jobs I can't bring it there because there's no room. So that sucks. But a lot of my jobs, I, I bring it there. And uh, let's say I'm doing a bathroom and they want some a drywall patch in another room. I got the tools and I got the mud in the trail. Let's do it, you know. So I got everything I need for the most part in that. And that makes, you know, everything a lot more efficient completely. Yeah. I mean, and, and, and it's things like that that, that go into uh, that factor into their responsibility uh, topic because that setup is going to allow you, like you said, to be more efficient. And especially if you're working with a customer, a homeowner, a business owner, whoever it may be, that says, hey, man, I have a time frame that I need this done and I need you to do it. A lot of times going into it, people are not looking at, uh, they can't see the setup. The customer, they, they can't see that part of, of, of your business. Yeah. So they don't know how efficient you are. They just know, oh, he knows how to do this type of work. Those yeah. things come into play when, when it comes to being, uh, being on schedule which is huge for a lot of projects. A lot of times, you know, we'll, we'll over, uh, over schedule a couple of days just to give ourselves some, some wiggle room. But going over a schedule because we don't, 
uh, the, the organization may not be there, or you got jobs, uh, I mean, tools on another job that you can't get this day. And now it's like, oh, I, I was gonna, I was gonna finish the shower today, but I can't because my wet saws are across town. Yeah. Like, it's, it's things like that that play into, I'm responsible for being organized so I can be efficient for this customer. Like that falls on us. Like, and I mean, and, and it's funny that you said that because it just brought me back to that responsibility of just, just being organized. It's kind of like a slap in the face right now. Like being organized <laughs> is a part of my responsibility. How many contracts do you see roll up and they got a dash full of cigarette butts, papers everywhere, and they open the back door, they're like, you know, real cheap, rusted out van, and everything starts falling out. All right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I know there's got to be a bag of things that in there somewhere, you know, so. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, and I think, I think that is honestly what's expected from, from customers. Like, they expect it. So when they see different or they see uh, the organization or just the, the co cohesion of your team to say, hey, look, they have they really have an operation going on. Like, there's one guy running cuts. There's one guy that's uh, transferring material. And there's one guy installing. Like, it's things like that, that that will blow people out the water because they're like, this is amazing. Like I've never seen anything like this. And that's that's something I'm trying to put into play right now is like having color coordinated teamwork. Like there's gonna be a, a certain shirt for the helpers, there's gonna be a certain shirt for the lead man, and there's gonna be a certain shirt for the installers, uh just the regular installers. That way. I can convey to the homeowner to say, if you have an issue, go to the guy with the black shirt. Yeah, all the red shirts. Remember their name sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all the red shirts are going to be working installing, but the 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 guy with the black shirt can answer your questions. Yeah, yeah. The guy with the white shirt, you know, they're 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 pretty much the helpers. They're going to do the footwork. Yeah, make it easy for the client to, to see what's going on. Uh, it's awesome that you said that because, you know, you know, my experience, you know, it's pretty obvious, but, you know, if you're going to be charging professional prices, then, you know, you have to give a professional experience, professional service. That only goes hand in hand. So simple as that. If you want to, you know, charge a premium, you got to give people, you know, the value for their dollar. You know, if you show up in a trailer and you got everything laid out, you got your guys and t-shirts, like you're saying, different colors, you're, you're doing this, doing that, and you get in, you do exactly what you said in time frame, people will love that. They, they, they don't have a problem paying what you're charging and no matter what it is. Yeah. Give that awesome experience. So, you know what, this job, from my experience too, I've had this issue over the years is that, you know, some jobs take a few days more and then I kind of over promise people. So for anyone out there listening, always under promise and over deliver. That is huge. So if you think a job didn't take you a week, tell the people a week and a half, because what about, you know, from my experience, the whole subfloor is rotted, the joists are screwed, 
it don't matter. It has to be redone. They, you know, they still think it's going to take a week, even if you tell them, you know, tell them more. So over, always on their promise over the lever. I think that has been huge for me because I always say it's going to take two weeks and you know, something it'll take two and a half weeks. And yeah, I'm the it, same way. It's a big thing that, you know, people want good work, but they don't want it to take, you know, longer than you say. So I think right. I'm, the, I'm the same way. And I think uh, I always talk to other contractors about how, how much pressure we put on ourselves because you put yourself in a position that uh, you start taking time away from your own family it's like, I got to get this done. Yeah. I'll be working. I'll, I'll be working a couple of extra hours on this job because I have to be oh, done yeah. by tomorrow. But yeah, because I know I try to work normal eight hour days and sometimes fine. Yeah, my wife's a teacher. I got two kids. They're in daycare. They do after school activities. So, you know, I have a lot of responsibilities besides running the business. And, uh, you know, when I underdo things, like you said, we all oh, shit. You know, I got to get this thing tiled today so I can grab it tomorrow. Otherwise, you know, you know, they're not going to be able to get in the bathroom. The plumber's not going to be able to do this, do that. So you get, you know, a little bit stressed out. But, you know, allow yourself a little bit of cushion on those jobs and just explain to the, you know, the client when you start the job, listen, I'll be straight with you. This, this might only, you know, this could take me two weeks, but, you know, I might be done in a week and a half. Is, is it okay if it takes two weeks? Is that okay with you? I know you want this done in a week, but... If it takes two weeks, is that okay? Is that going to be some kind of deal breaker here? Let, let me yeah. know. How. Yeah. Well, I think we all, we definitely touched on, on everything as far as responsibility. For for all my listeners, for all my customers, for all my homeowners, business, business owners out there, take heed to the things that were said today. There is... A lot of responsibility that falls on either the contractor or the customer. But if it's not agreed upon, who takes the responsibility? There's a lot of things that if not addressed can go either way. But these are things that have to be dealt with. Some things that uh, as a customer, you might want to mention to your contractor. Some things the contractor should mention to you. But these things have to be ironed out. And even in the beginning, there might be a, a, maybe a cause of how to handle conflict in a project. Like if we come to a crossroad, how do we move forward? Does that mean the contract is null and void? Do we part ways? The, are, you, are you obligated to give me a chance to, to resolve the conflict? All these things have to be addressed because if they're not, it could be the blame game going on. And nobody wants to do that because your project has to be done. Our pockets have to be filled, not all the way up, but you have to put something in our pockets for us to, <laughs> to move on. But these things have to be addressed. Uh, do me a favor, Donnie, and give everybody uh, your social media, uh, where we can find you on the internet, um, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, any of those accounts. Let us know where we can find Donnie D's Tyler Remodeling. That is the, the name, right? Yes, sir. Donnie D's Tyler Remodeling in Jersey. Let us know where you where we can find you online. Yeah, it's uh, 30 Jersey, actually. <laughs> uh, where can you find us online? It, it's pretty simple. Um, our website is uh, dtileandremodeling.com. Our Facebook is you know, facebook.com backslash Donnie D's remodeling. 
uh, Instagram and YouTube. Uh, you could just type in D Tile and Remodeling. We're also on TikTok as D Tile Remodeling. I think that's about it. We're Facebook, YouTube, Instagram. We're always posting stories on Instagram, uh, YouTube. We upload videos anywhere from one to two times a week. We do a lot of installation videos and uh, some tips and tricks. So if you want to learn about tile insulation or bathroom remodeling, uh, check out our channel. And uh, if you're in Central Jersey and you need some help with your tile work or your bathroom, uh, don't hesitate to give us a call. We're here to help you. Talk to you guys soon. Uh, Anthony, I really appreciate you having me on this show. And uh, that's all. That's it. We appreciate you being on the show. Thank you, everybody, for checking out the Floor Masters podcast. Thank you, Donnie, for, for giving us all those nuggets of knowledge. Um, make sure you guys go follow Donnie D's Tile and Remodeling. Make sure you go like him. Go share his business page. We need some more uh, some more follows on the Donnie D's Tile and Remodeling page. Everybody go support. Thank you for checking into the Floor Masters podcast. Check back next week for another episode, another guest, and another freestyle. We're back again. We're tapping in. The Floor Masters Podcast, that's a win. We're never losing. Always cruising. We're the one that the customer is choosing. You need some knowledge. You need some tips. The next episode is one you don't want to miss. We need some guests on here that's not scared of rapping. Come on, Floor Masters Podcast. Guess what's really happening? Can't leave me to freestyle by myself. It's not fun that way. Come on. Please, somebody come here freestyle. I need freestylers. Don't be scared of a rapping. It's just a microphone. It's just a song and a microphone. Do it. Do it. Do it. Don't leave me hanging. Floor Master Podcast. We don't just give you tips. We give you freestyles. Okay? Tune in to next week's episode. We're going to give you more freestyles. Somebody's going to freestyle besides me. Don't worry about anything else right now. Right now, all we focus on is freestyle. We don't even care about the floors or the knowledge or the tips anymore. We're just doing freestyles right now. Okay? Tune in next week.